Podcast friends, my name is David Lee, and you're listening to the Inspire Design Create Podcast, giving freelance filmmakers a voice, sharing their stories, and connecting the world of cinematography, commercial filmmaking, and starting your own business together. Let's go. Weird and odd opening, but have you ever wondered um, what are the, the tools needed? What are the things um, to know? for a successful branded documentary um, project or uh, work that you have, right? So you have a client coming up that you um, they reached out to you or you reached out to them and they want a, a branded story, right? They wanted um, something documentary, very maybe verite, um, something in that realm. And, you know, what are, what are some of the tips that you need to know going um uh, going into the project, right? And especially when it comes to branded documentary. So let's break that down, right? So number one is brand, right? You need to know a little bit about the brand, maybe their branded colors, maybe um, uh, a couple of their videos that they've already shot. Uh, maybe they've already done some documentary series, so check them out, right? Do your research ahead of time to see exactly what the brand is like. What is their vibe? What is their uh, what is their emotionality? What is their what is their mission statement? <clears throat> what is the what is their story, right? And and how can you bring a little bit of their story into the visual language um, through camera, through lighting, through color, things like that. And then the second part is documentary, right? So how do you um, how do you go about making a documentary for this brand? Uh, what type of documentary are you uh, going all kind of traditional with with you know a verite and then an interview? Uh, is it going to be uh, fully scripted? Are you going to be reenacting a lot of it or some of it or most of it? Uh, these are some of the questions that you that you want to ask your client because at, at the end of the day, you are there to service your client. You are there to tell their story uh, and not your story, right? That's why they're hiring you. That's why they're paying you. Um, and so based upon all those things, right, is, is get to know exactly what it is that, um, what flavor of documentary that they want and are there certain things in the edit that they're looking for, right? Are they looking for um, a, a certain st- style of interview? Are they looking for a certain style of, uh, of capturing what's happening, right? Do they want uh, handheld and some, some static shots on sticks? Or do they want a lot of gimbal type things, um, glide cam type motion? sliders, uh, dollies, things like that, right? That way there is no like lingering expectations of, oh man, I think I should have got this or I don't know if this is appropriate, right? Um, even if certain things happen on the day where you're like, I don't know if we should get this or not, um, at least you have a better idea of like, okay, maybe or maybe not. And then whether you choose to shoot it or not is, is up to you. Um, and then whether you choose to use it in the edit or not is up to you. And your clients will give you feedback like, oh, hey, can you... You know, from a minute 10 to a minute 20, can you take out this little section? Um, because uh, maybe it doesn't show our brand in, in the best light, so to speak, right? So you can take it out, not a big problem. Um, so like, like we said before, is pre-production is very important across the board because pre-production gets you out of the, uh, out of the, mind, out of the mindset of worrying if you got everything and then also for your client to say, or, or for your client not to say, oh, by the way, can we add this thing in here and, and you know, add a little bit of this? And we weren't really thinking about it beforehand, but now we're thinking about it. And is there any way you can magically make it happen? Uh, no, you can't magically make something happen if we didn't shoot it. Uh, so, you know, pre-production is always, always important. Um, 
know exactly what you're getting into before uh, before you execute on the date, whether it's a one-day shoot or a two-day shoot or a three-day shoot, right? Uh, know your locations. Uh, see if you can do a, a location scout of the locations that you're looking to shoot at. And if you can't do it, then the best thing to do is go on Google, go uh, type in the, the address or the addresses, and then use the different views, right? So they have like a satellite view. Satellite view will actually give you a representation of the streets, of trees, of signal lights, of traffic, of buildings, um, thing, or parks, right? Anything around that can help you better understand where, um, where you want to be at a certain time of day, right? So like you're shooting based upon the path of the sun. Right. And then if you zoom all the way in, then you get kind of like the ground level view where you can rotate the camera 360 degrees. Uh, it, it can work to an extent. It doesn't get you all the way in. Right. So you want to get like um, so you want to get up and close on a porch of a house that you're going to be shooting at. Sometimes just based upon the cameras that Google uses, you, you can't get, you know, the exact angle that you want. But at least you can get like a street level view, a ground level view of uh, of where things are in 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 the direction where you want to be right so if you want to be backlit how is it going to look uh potentially if you are at this part of the street under this tree at this certain time of day uh so google earth is always a great way for um to do your pre-production and location scouting and then the gear right what gear should you bring um is it going to be better for you to bring a super small camera like a sony a7s3 uh or a panasonic s1h or, or black magic 6k or 4k uh does it make more sense to use a larger form factor camera like a F like an fs7 an fx9 um a c300 mark ii right what is the best uh, what is the best gear for you to use and especially if it's going to be you by yourself uh, so that's the one thing about branded documentary is a lot of times you don't have a larger crew like you normally do with a commercial uh, or with a narrative piece just because there's more things involved in, in regards to like lighting and, and set design set decoration things like that and uh, usually with branded documentary it's typically at least in my experience it's typically like a director director slash producer and the uh, the cinematographer or the DP who's also operating the camera. Uh, there might be another camera operator just depending on how how large the documentary piece is. You might need two cameras rolling, uh, a sound, uh, a location sound mixer. And then sometimes you might have a gaffer who's kind of like gaffer key grip, you know, who's who's doing basically both. Um, most of the time, it's probably going to be you that's doing the lighting and audio sometimes uh sometimes it'll be at least at least you have like a sound um, a location sound mixer so that way they can handle all the sound stuff and that's one less thing you have to worry about um but again you know think about what is the best camera in that situation if you have to do run and gun if you have to light up the interview and bring your own lighting fixtures and, and things like that if you don't have a gaffer so what is the best camera gear audio equipment for that situation right and so then on the day um it, it's 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 when you're capturing the things that aren't known right so verite verite meaning you are um you are witnessing events and actions and emotions as they are happening in real time um what is the best place for you to be at in that moment and that's i think that kind of comes in time that just comes with experience that comes with like practice of you know i've been in this situation before 
the best thing for me to do right now is to like stay stay on a wide or medium and then based upon that wide medium then you can go into coverage if something is is happening right so coverage meaning you can go with overs if two people are talking and all of a sudden it gets very very emotional um the conversation escalates right that might be a good time again you know keep at your wide medium distance that way you can you can you always need a wide medium so that's one thing that uh, i learned early on was i always i was always just going for close-ups right and then over time uh i learned that i, I would always forget the mediums and wides right to kind of have more more breath in the um in the edit so again stick with the wide mediums first and then as things are happening right again the conversation escalates then you can start the then you can start to move to one person's shoulder and shoot over them right capture a few moments and then slowly right don't just run to, to the other side because that's just awkward right slowly make your way back to like a medium wide just to see if anything's happening a couple seconds usually is is all i need and then within those couple seconds then start to move over to the other person's shoulder and get their over right so that way you always have something to go back to within the edit to make it more interesting um, because the hard part of documentary is since you can't you know script what scenes are happening unless you are doing like a scripted documentary uh, a reenactment uh, if you're not doing that then you really have to kind of be at the right place at the right time or make things happen um, in regards to to coverage uh, and sometimes, you know, maybe the best thing is is based upon, you know, maybe you're in a really tight room and you can't get overs just based upon where the people are sitting or standing. Then the best thing is, you know, just just go uh, stick with your wide shot. And if you're on a zoom lens, then you can, you know, you can zoom in somewhat to get like a profile kind of kind of close up. Right. Uh, so that goes back to knowing knowing your gear. Right. Is it better to have a zoom lens or is it better to go with the prime lens? It's faster if you're in low light kind of situation uh and then you know from there i think i think for the most part is working with the director right the director on the day um is is your blueprint is your is your guiding light right they're going to be the ones that are directing the talent they're going to be the ones that are asking the questions during the interview um and then you know get a vibe from your director to see exactly what style they also want to be able to have because the director is acting on behalf of the client in the agency, uh, they trust the director to, to get what they need. And also because the director has a certain taste, right? So can you vibe off of the director's uh, uh, vision? Can you vibe off of his energy? Um, during interviews, say, say if it is, you know, a lot of run and gun interviews, you just pick a spot that looks pretty good. And um, if the director is good, what he'll do is he will, like if, once you get the framing, uh, once you get your frame and your composition, then the director, again, if he knows if he if he's if he's pretty good at interviews, he'll get closer to you so that way the eye line isn't too far away, right? If if you've uh, sometimes you you will watch interviews and you'll see the eye line is really wide, uh, a wide eye line meaning like they're looking way far off camera, um, almost almost like in a completely opposite direction, right? If the director is closer to you, then you get a closer eye line, which to me, I, I prefer. I prefer a closer eye line because it makes it, uh, it makes you feel like you actually are in the conversation rather than um, watching the conversation from the outside, right? So um, very like Roger Deakins-like, you know, where you feel like you're in the conversation and not like outside of the conversation. 
And for situations where you might not have um, a permit to shoot in a certain spot, um, you know, I mean, for me, I, I kind of just go with it, you know, like if we can get it, then we can get it. And if we use it, great. If no one says anything about it, even better. Um, but again, there are such, there are certain situations because of documentary um, as a whole where you might not be able to, you know, get certain permits, but you're, you're walking around, you know, you shot your interview, you shot your walk and talk. You've you've done some insert shots, some some detail shots, some B-roll, and you happen to to find because this happened to me before a really dope location. You're like, oh, dude, it'd be really cool if we can um, get a second interview here, or we can uh, get some uh, get some hero shots in this cool looking parking structure warehouse thing, um, but we don't have a permit, right? So can you be flexible in your mentality? Can you be a little bit more open? um to to do things that perhaps may be a bit uncomfortable for you right um because a lot of times when you do those things nine out of ten times they tend to be really really good shots so be open-minded be be flexible um, when it comes to certain things that again you know may not be in your favor but for for the edit for the project itself it actually may serve um, serve you more right that might be a cool shot that you can use on your reel that might be a cool shot the director says oh man that was so awesome you know and then that instills more confidence in bringing you on board for the next shot uh, or for the next project not for the next shot well for the next shot and for the next project and then to wrap things up communication right after the project is said and done you've delivered the the footage to the director and they're editing it with their editing team uh, have communication have open lines of communication ask them if they if uh, if they have any feedback ask them if they need anything else that you can uh, that you can send their way uh, maybe it's something in regards to like like a backup right always take a backup of the footage uh, again even if you're not editing it, just back up the footage anyways, have have two backups, so that way in case the editing team, something happens to the hard drive, you have a backup, and, and that way they, again, they uh, they have this trust and this level of confidence in you as a DP, as a cinematographer, as a working professional, that they can trust, they can say, oh man, you know, um, uh, you know, David was smart enough to back up the footage, uh, this footage, this hard drive crapped out on us. Uh, he was able to to get footage onto a hard drive and send it to us, FedEx it, that kind of stuff, you know. So again, have open lines of communication with the uh, with the production company, with the director, and always ask for feedback. You know, what could be what could be different, right? Even on the day, ask. You know, hey, are we missing anything? Do we need something else? Do we need a different angle of this? Do we uh, are we missing any any establishing shots? You know, do we need to drive half an hour to this location, this really dope spot? The sun is setting. We probably only have half an hour to capture it, but it's only gonna. But it takes it takes us half an hour to get there, right? So we might only realistically have like five minutes to get it. Um, you know, is that something that that we should try to do? So always be of service to your client. Always go above, above and beyond. Again, because even if you, even if you think you're not going to make it in time, you never know. Uh, the magic always happens when, when you try your best. And whether you succeed or whether you fail, it's it, it's the action of just trying, right? And in my experience, a lot of clients, especially like when you get to uh, working with with bigger brands and bigger companies the more effort you put in they see that and uh and it may not you know come as a you know they might not pay you more because your day rate is your day rate uh, but that creates a relate a working relationship with them 
So that way, when the next project comes up, they know exactly who to call and that will be you. All right, friends, that is it for this episode on uh, success for branded documentary work. I hope it helps you guys out. If there's anything that I'm missing, send me a DM, send me an email. Let me know your your um, specific question. Again, DM me on Instagram at David Lee uh, or send me an email. Uh, I'll have my uh, my website in the in the show notes. That way you can um, laugh at all my work and also send me an email. <laughs> Let me know your question. Uh, so that way, again, I can I can create more of a uh, of like a dialogue with everyone on the podcast. Alrighty, if you like the podcast, please rate it on iTunes. I would appreciate it. Subscribe to my podcast as always, just so you're notified of new episodes coming out every week. Uh, share with your friends if you think they will bring, if they will receive some amount of value from it. Uh, and I will see you guys in the next podcast episode. Alrighty, bye.